0: Show. We continue on. Glad you're on board today. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Give us a shout. Uh, real quick, this portion of the program uh, brought to you by our friends over there at Nice Ash. If you're going to go someplace tonight and you're going to watch the uh, watch the, uh, the 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 NFL draft, you may. Just want to kick back, relax, put a cigar in your hand, maybe a sifter of brandy, a good bourbon, a good whiskey, sit in those big plush leather chairs and just watch the draft unfold. Take a sheet of paper with you, maybe follow it along. Good stuff from our friends down there at Nice Ash in, uh, in Waukesha. Uh, TheNiceAsh.com. That is the nice ash.com joining us now over on the hotline good to have him back uh, chad reuter joining us chad underscore underscore reuter over in the, the for the draft and uh, the nfl uh followers so to speak 20 plus years you can find him there uh let's uh, let's talk to him now chad how you been
1: uh, i am doing great i'm in la uh, enjoying uh the life here with the network for the next few days and uh life is good
0: I was going to say, well, get you out of Wisconsin for a little while, right? You know, you get to spend a little time out yep. there. and Now, you know, you're in L.A., so it's Southern California. Is it a good 75, 80 degrees that's comfortable and not a lot of smog, or is it a sweltering 75, 85 degrees with a ton of smog and it's just nasty?
1: You know, what? I've actually been here since April 1st uh, to exactly get out of Wisconsin for a while, and it's really, <laughs> been, it's really been more like a high 50s to mid-60s. With clouds and some sun, so it's been a really? little different kind of weather. Yeah, but you know, I, I'm not complaining about
0: it one bit. Okay, because that's that's not the norm for out there. No. Um, it is so not. let me no. So let me ask you this. Let's start off first and foremost. Now that the dust has settled, and I posed this question earlier today. Let's just say that C.J. Stroud or some or Richardson, somebody falls to thirteen. You don't know what you have in Jordan Love, at least not when it comes to winning games. Would you take another possible quarterback, as far as the franchise quarterback goes, or would you then trade back, maybe grab somebody else, by a spot or two, take in Jigba, take an offensive lineman, take an edge rusher? what would you do?
1: Uh, I think you have to pass on the quarterback this time around. You've got too much invested in Love at this point. I think they wait and get a mid-round guy who could, you know, uh, become, uh, you know, uh, well, competition at one level, but at least a solid backup um, for Love, and uh, you can kind of go that way. But I think this, the team really has too many places where they need people, and I think if you can trade down and, uh, you know, take advantage of that situation, great. Otherwise, you just pick the top player remaining on your board and, and keep going.
0: What do the Packers need the most?
1: Well, I think it starts with the offensive line. Uh, I think before Jordan Love can have success, before you can lean on a running game, which you're going to have to do now more, um, you have to make sure you have the guys up front that can get the job done because you don't know about Bakhtiari, really. You don't want to move Elgin Jenkins around more. Um, You've got some guys that are nice reserves, but... You really need to have the horses up front to make everything work. It's it's the engine of the offense, and and they need to make sure that's there. If you get a hey look, if a great pass rusher is there, Nolan Smith or something from Georgia, you know, I, I get it. But to me, it starts on the offensive line.
0: Is there anybody that you really covet sitting at thirteen?
1: Um, I, I mean, I do, but I hard to tell who's going to be available right even at that point because you're just outside the realm of the elite players usually just depends on how many quarterbacks go who gets pushed down to you uh i would love paris johnson from ohio state to be there doesn't look like it's going to happen now uh unfortunately you would love peter Skarowsky from northwestern to be there he could play inside or outside for you he'd be really good inside if they want to go that direction he could play center he could play guard play right tackle, I think he, he would play anywhere. Those would be the two best offensive linemen. Oh, and Darnell, right from Tennessee, um, really played well this year at right tackle. So if they want to move people in the run game, he, he's a legit pick uh, You know, at, at that spot, too. So those would be the guys I'd be focused on.
0: Yeah, he, um, like you said, he's an actual right tackle. And and you know next year you're not going to have David Bakhtiari unless something totally yeah. dramatic happens and unforeseen. But he's not going to be there. So you really do not only have to think about this season, but then you have to start to think about that future and what they're going yeah. to need next year. Now, you know, in essence, they're going to have a ton of money, though, because Bakhtiari is no longer going to be there, and Roger's contract comes off the books because they could have upwards of $75 bucks. So if they do need yeah. a big tackle, they can always go out and get one. Uh, I, I think, um, you know, I'm saying my priorities this year, I agree with you on the tackle position, but my priorities this year, probably go wide receiver because they only have five, two of which were street free agents. So they only have five and I've seen them go into camp with as many as 10, 11, at time. So you know you need a bunch of those. You know you need some tight ends. You need an edge rusher because of Rashawn Gary. You don't know when he's going to be back and how how good he's going to be. And then you've got secondary issues and you're not sure what Stokes is going to be by the time he comes back either. So uh, you could pretty much throw a dart at a dartboard, but yep. if, if you really – I go with what Goody said in the postseason presser when he said, you know, we had talent. But we didn't put enough pressure on the quarterback defensively speaking, which kind of led me to believe that without Rashawn Gary and without another body or two next to Kenny Clark, they didn't have what they needed in the trenches in his eyes. So do you get the sense yeah. that he's going to go defense in that front as well?
1: They, they could easily do that. And like I love Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. I think he would be a fine pick there, um, assuming like a guy like Nolan Smith was gone. And a defensive lineman that people aren't talking about a lot, that I really like a lot, um, is Tommy Atabare from Northwestern. And he's one of these guys that could be a top 15 pick that people really aren't talking about. And I'll be really interested to see where he, he ends up going. If you remember, Tyson Alu-Alu was a top-ten pick not that long ago. Well, it's probably long ago now to most people. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, sometimes that happens. And his you know his combine workout and his play on the field with Northwestern on a team that wasn't great, but you saw it where, where he could do with a team uh, in different. So I think he, he might be a really good fit for them too. So they have some options um, in the middle of the first round if they want to go defense.
0: What do you think about Mozzie Smith, a big kid out of Michigan, as far as the defensive linemen go?
1: Uh, he's he's a solid guy. If they pick him in the second round, I think that would be fine. I, I've uh, projected them picking him before. Um, I don't think he's a guy that's going to get you a lot of. I, I think he's he's not really a pass rusher, so I don't know how high you can take a guy like that. Somebody may you know like what he does and just say, "Oh, Michigan's defense did it," but. I – I don't I don't see him as that, so to me, it's a really uh, solid mid round pick. And you know, it's gonna be those two second round picks. You know, you're gonna get guys that you're gonna need to play right away. So, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. I think receiver and tight end. If that's where they, they, I think they gotta really look at those two positions because I love Jackson Smith and Jigba. If they took him at 13, I'd be great with that because I think he can be Stephon Diggs or or uh, Amonse Brown, one of these guys that. He's not a leaper. He's not fast, but he's going to be where you want him to be. He's going to make plays after the catch, and we know Jordan Love needs to have receivers that are going to be where they're supposed to be, and that would be really important for him. But, you know, the lack of speed and stuff could push him down the board a little bit. So, you know, we'll have to see about that. There's going to be some good value in the second
0: as well at that position. I was I was reading on Njigba, and I, I read it earlier today uh, when I go through our lead scouting guide. I was I, The one thing about Njigba is he doesn't have four, 40 speed. He's got closing speed, speed. And we've seen this with receivers yeah. before where they don't run great. They don't test great. But when the ball's in the air, they go get it. And that he, his catch rate of above 80% two years ago is phenomenal. It's like anything that was thrown in his area, yeah. he's coming down with.
1: Yeah, and, and the thing is is that he tested extremely well in short area tests, which is his game. I mean, he's going to play in the slot. I mean, you, you could play him outside, but, you know, for the most part, he's going to work a lot inside, uh, and he's just going to be a stud. Um, so I, I really like him if, if the, you know, teams like him and Michael Mayer from Notre Dame another one, that his tests say he should be a lower pick, but his tape say he should be a, a first-round pick. So if they pick him or Smith, Smith and Jigba at 13, I would not be disappointed because Mayer is not only going to help you as a reliable receiver who can make some splashy plays, you know, given the opportunity, and he's going to help the run game, which, again, they really need help with. So, uh, you know, either of those guys would be uh, decent picks in, in my mind.
0: Uh, I want to ask your question when it comes to the draft and draft capital. What do you think – that, what do you think of Goody, what he got in return for the trade of Aaron Rodgers?
1: I thought he probably got a little less this year than what they'd hoped for. But next year, getting a two that could turn into a one that is likely to turn into a one is more than they figured, uh, that I figured they would do. I mean, obviously, their first, off, their first thing was like, we want two first-round picks, right? That was never going to happen. And the Jets were like, we don't want to give up any first-round picks. And, of course, that's not going to happen. So they've been fighting that in-between world. And the Packers gave up a little bit of value. The value they got was basically like a a second and a fourth. And then next year, obviously, they could get a first out of it. So overall, I thought it was fine. And um, just a little bit different, you know, uh, spread between the two years. But overall, it is about what I expected.
0: Then uh, does this team, you know, because we don't know what Jordan Love's going to bring to the table, but does this team have enough talent to be a postseason contender, and I'm talking about just getting to the postseason, whether it's via wild yeah. card, say ten wins, or or winning the division.
1: In the NFC, absolutely, it's wide open. I, I think there's going to be teams that you know could be nine and eight getting in. Um, I just I just think they have the ability with additional pieces and staying healthy and all that stuff. You you, you have the ability. Now, if you don't get receivers that that help out Jordan Love and and the defense doesn't come through, it could be a five or six win year. I mean, that's just the reality of it. But I think that, that if things go right for them, they can do it in this conference, in this division. Even though the other teams are, you know, picking up a little bit, I think they're close enough yet where they they have enough. If things go right, um, that they can they can get contend for that that playoff spot.
0: What does the uh, the the secondary in your eyes look like without Adrian Amos? And then obviously you don't know what Stokes is going to bring to the table, so you're kind of you're patchworking it early on to see how things are going to pan out.
1: Yeah. That's right. And and my guess is that they're going to pick a guy in the third round to be their s- starting safety and and very Morgan Burnett-esque, I think this year. Uh, Jordan Battle from Alabama is the guy that I've been leaning on going to them. I think they're going to find a guy on day two that's going to step into that, you know, get, get on the field for them right away. Um, and then they're just going to have to move around, guys. You want to keep Douglas outside and, and obviously Alexander. Um, hopefully Stokes will get back. But like a guy like Shamar Jean Charles to me, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I really liked him coming out of App State. So I'm hoping he's a guy that can step up for them this year in the slot. Um, and then they're going to, you know what, they, there are guys that, three you know, guys and undrafted free agents in the secondary that surprise. And, and I think if you hit those, if you hit that area hard after the draft or late in the draft, you can find a couple of guys that are going to be that fourth, fifth guy to provide some depth
0: the uh, the rest of the first round um it, is there going to be do you feel there's a surprise in the making as far as some of the sleepers that are out there that could you know somebody could because we know this time of year we we hear so much about well this team talked to this guy and this guy's rocketing up the big board yeah. and blah 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 and it's all crap because we know ted thompson used to tell people you know he he had this guy this guy this guy in for visits and never chose him he picked guys he right. never even talked to because he didn't want anybody to know he was interested in them so give me your thoughts on some of the sleepers here
1: yeah I mean first round um, some guys that haven't been in first round drafts that I've seen from other people um, Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee is a guy that uh, is is some people think he's one dimensional some people love him so I think a team at the end of the first round likes his vertical game and uh, can can explode um, you know teams are using stack it's so funny people make fun of Tennessee's offense or saying it's a gimmicky offense or whatever, but by the end of the year, NFL teams were running stacked receivers all the time because they saw how it worked, how well it worked. So, like, a guy like that could really be great for, like, the the Chiefs, you know, somebody that can use his after the catch ability as well as getting him downfield. So that's one guy. Um, I love Cody Mock from North Dakota State. I've had him in the first round the whole time, and I think he's just one of those guys that can play all five positions up front and he, he's just a joy to watch play. And I, I think he's so he's, – to me, he's a better prospect than Trevor Penning was, who was picked by the Saints in the first round last year. So he's another one. Um, Trenton Simpson from Clemson isn't always included in the first round by people, and I think that's a mistake. I think he's he's more of a chaser, not instinctual. Uh, but I just think he's got a, he's, I think if the Cowboys ended up with him, he and Micah Parsons – would be a great combination together as Blitzer's edge. And, and I think um, he he would be like teams like Detroit could look at him even at 18. I, I think he's that speed and that ability to track down the ball is so important nowadays. So I, I think he's another guy that should be a first-round pick that a lot of people don't necessarily put in their first-round box.
0: Chad, we'll get you back on after it's all said and done. The dust has settled, and we'll get your thoughts on how the Packers actually did in this year's draft, Okay.
1: All right. Sounds great. Thanks for
0: having Appreciate me Appreciate it, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Chad Reuter. Uh, Chad underscore Reuter. R-E-U-T-E-R. The NFL draft or NFL Network draft analyst. And we'll get his thoughts on, or we got his thoughts on all of this. We'll get his thoughts after the draft as well. Good stuff.
2: Did you hear that, Bill? Did Did you hear something he said there? Thrown in with some of the other thoughts on where the Packers could go?
0: Uh, I know he said he would not take a quarterback.
2: He said, quote, I love that Lucas Van Ness kid from Iowa. Oh,
0: yes, yes, Love yes, him as yes, a prospect. I, I, if you were sitting next to me in the same room, i sure you would have nudged me or punched me in the thigh when he said that. I was thinking that when, when he said
2: it. A little yes. smile broke out. Yes,
0: there you go. You're on, you're on top of it, man. I, I never doubted you not for a second. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up. Uh, our friends at Camps they are looking for people. You could be one of them. Our friends at Camps they are looking for good people. They are looking for uh, for drivers, CDL drivers. They are looking for production people. They are looking for maintenance workers. And they not only are they looking for you, but uh, they are offering sign on bonuses for you. Not a bad way to go. If you want to go to work for a tremendous company, a company that's been based here in the state of Wisconsin, Cedarburg, Wisconsin, to be exact, check out our friends at KEMPS, K-E-M-P-S, KEMPS. Give them a shout, and uh, or better yet, go to KEMPS.com, that's K-E-M-P-S, KEMPS.com, and you can check out the website. You can fill out uh, a, an online application. You go to the bottom of the page, go to Careers, click on it, and at the bottom of the page, you can fill out the app, and they're hiring right now. So, if you want to be a CDL driver, a production person, a cooler, an employee, a maintenance technician, twenty-three an hour, twenty-three dollars an hour plus plus with new sign-on bonuses being offered for certain positions right now. Go to Kemp's.com, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com, and uh, and then at the bottom of the page, click on uh, click on careers, and you could find yourself a new career all right there at Kemp's. More to come, coming up right after this covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio
2: Network.
0: One of the things that uh, I love about the house is that when people come over or I go downstairs and I work out, they always kind of Take a tour of the house. You know, whenever you get first timers and they always come over and they say, my God, I love the gym. I love this floor. Uh, Sean and the gang at epoxy flooring done right. They painted the room. They did the floor, the epoxy flooring coating, and uh, they have done numerous friends since then. They just did uh, the floor over there and sealed the floor at a social house check out our friends at EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com. from green bay to madison to milwaukee everywhere in between they get it all done call sean 262-443-2852 262-443-2852 whether it's a garage floor since it looks like crap coming out of the winter months and all the salt and the sand and all the garbage that's on that floor clean it out let them do it 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 it, it changes things plus you just feel like it's cleaner, and you want to keep it clean. So you actually, there's an, a cause and effect all of that as well. Check out our friends at EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com. That's EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com, and call Sean, 262-443-2852, 262-443-2852. There you go. Um, William says, instead of just looking at positions in a vacuum, look at players drafted by good teams. They tend to hit at a much higher rate. So many great talents wasted by bad teams with no vision or patience. Imagine if Rodgers was drafted by the Bears. His career likely would have been another flop in a long line of quarterback flops. Every winning team starts at the top. Um, Remember, uh, Ben, what article was it that rated Gutekinst number eight NFL. overall? NFL.com. NFL.com. I, co- I thought it was them, but I couldn't remember. So thank you for clarifying. Uh, NFL.com. So when you talk about the whole thing, and I, I, I see it floating through the, you know, the uh, the, the live stream uh, right now, and people talk about Goody, Eye ah, stinks, and this stinks, and Murphy stinks, and all this stinks. and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, you've had one of the winningest franchises in the NFL, and if it wasn't for the line of skew that has been set forth by the Patriots for their championships. The Packers, short of maybe one more Super Bowl, would kind of fall in line with other franchises as far as total Super Bowl wins. But they've had the same level uh, almost of winning percentage for for two, three decades. They've been one of the more successful franchises. Uh, You could probably say the missteps were, uh, one, hiring Ray Rhodes, Two, making Mike Sherman the general manager. Three, keeping Ted maybe a year or two too long. Um, but that's been about it. Maybe hanging on to Mike McCarthy a year, year too long. But that's been about it. It's been pretty solid. It's been for other owners, other general managers. They've been hired. They've been fired. You know, they had Ron Wolfe. Wolf turned it over to Mike Sherman. Mike Sherman turned it over to Ted. Ted turned it over to Goody. That's it. In 30-plus years. Think about that. So in the grand scheme of things, we're kind of lucky. You know, we're kind of lucky. Now, you can point out certain transactions that did or didn't happen. You can say, ah, it didn't work out. But when you're talking about overall performance and rating against other general managers and missteps, the Packers have done well. We remember the negative because we are closest to it. We live our life in a green and gold vacuum. So you remember every failure, point to that, point to this, point to there, and you say, well, this sucks. But would you be the Jets, the Browns, Carolina? Houston? You start to go through this list of teams. I mean, it wasn't until recently when they picked up Joe Burrow that Cincinnati became relevant, right? Miami had been living in basic anonymity for a long, long time. It wasn't until they decided to just go for it, put all the money, all the resources, make the trade out for the Rams. They hadn't won anything really since Kurt Warner and the greatest show on turf all these other franchises they've been searched look at look at the Vikings. They've had success but they haven't won anything. The Lions, the Bears in the grand scheme of things when you step back and you look at it via perspective, you say, you know what the Packers have been a, a damn good franchise. And the two biggest things about this franchise, you've got to keep in mind, and I know it's hard to at times, but this is is preaching reality here. Two things. One is, as I stated, they have been one of the winningest percentage franchises over the last three decades. You can't take that away from them. And all the franchises I just mentioned, and some I didn't, would kill to be Green Bay. Kill to be Green Bay. And the second thing is, and this is probably more important, is that between Bob Harlan passing the torch over to uh, to Mark Murphy, those two gentlemen were entrusted with the financial stability of a franchise that doesn't have an owner in the smallest market in all of professional sports. And not only did it survive, it is now considered one of not only the cornerstones of the NFL, but one of the top ten moneymakers in the NFL. In a market that's the smallest in all of football and all of professional sports and in a market that doesn't have a true owner. So think about that. So when you, you know, we look at things in such a small vacuum, you know, but when you look at it overall, you're like, eh, it's been a lot of success. But then again, because of that success, our expectations are high. They're high and rightfully so. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not called being spoiled. It's called living in a reality. You know, being spoiled means you've got a bad team, but yet you feel like you should be there. You have an entitlement to it. You know, I think there's only been a few, ha- a handful, maybe three, four bad teams in the last thirty years that just really didn't have any kind of a shot. Others got decimated by injuries, or you know, ends of end, end of your coaching or something. But you know, it it, it is what it is. Whereas. You can look at a lot of teams right now and go, that right now, they're not going to a postseason. They don't have that shot. Right? So, I, you know, it's not being spoiled. It's having realistic expectations. And the bar has been raised. It's like, you know, it's like Cardinals fans when it comes to baseball. They expect to be there. They've been there so much. They've had so much success. It seems to be a a, a wash, rinse, repeat for bringing up talent in in their minor league system. They've had success. The Yankees, there's an expectation there. We call them spoiled, but the bottom line is they do everything they can to win. They do it on the consistent. They find good talent. Their scouting department has been pretty good. They've had, for the most part, a bevy of really good managers. And what they haven't been able to fortify via, you know, cultivating in in the draft in the minor league system, they had the money to go out and buy. And they still haven't won consistently since the 90s and early 2000s. But there's an expectation there. That's just because they win. The Packers win. So, We've we've got an expectation. The bar is way up here, and Jordan Love's going to have to jump to ca- touch that bar. Whether or not he can, we'll have to wait and see. But I don't call it being spoiled. I just said here's the reality of where the where the franchise is. 1670 You want to find us? Feel free. Think about that for a minute. Think about that for a minute. Because I think there's there's a there's a there's a good dose of reality in in some of that thought process, and, and again, for those that are saying the Packers fans are spoiled, it's not spoiled. It's just that there's a level of expectation, and I don't have a problem with it. To be quite honest with you, none at all. Hey, uh, our friends at Curly's Waterfront uh, Sports Bar and Grill right on Pewaukee Lake reminding you that uh, they have ticket giveaways coming up. They have Brewers tickets. They've got Admirals tickets. They'll eventually have Packers tickets, Badgers tickets, but uh, they do all kinds of good stuff out there, and they have charity nights. They do meat raffles. they got a golf outing coming up. Plenty of stuff going on for not only a sports bar that's entrenched in the community but also really good food, great place to go and check it out, sit on the patio outside overlooking Pewaukee Lake lake watch the boats and such go by which is awesome but also they do a lot via the community and a lot local check out our friends at curly's waterfront sports bar and grill on pewaukee lake lakeview boulevard to be covering wisconsin sports like a blanket this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network got a friend of mine, her, uh, and her name is Barb. They actually, her and her husband live up in Green Bay. But recently, uh, they took their daughter out to UW-La La Crosse, and uh, they're looking making campus visits for next year. And they got in touch with me. They said, what's that place you go to all the time? I said, "Buzzard Billy's uh, for food or the Starlight Lounge upstairs. I said, go over there on Pearl Street and check it out. And they did, and they said, oh, my God. They went upstairs for the uh, martinis at the Starlight Lounge and said it was so cool. It is very 50s-esque, 50s and 60s, and you just kind of get the sense that I've said it all, all all along, like Sinatra or the Rat Pack, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. and company, they're going to come walking out at any moment and start singing to you. It's just, it is such a cool venue. And it's upstairs uh, and on Pearl Street. Uh, it's uh, formerly in the 1860s Brick Hotel there, so it's an old historic building. But Buzzard Billy's downstairs, Awesome place. Really good food. Get yourself a good beverage or the Starlight Lounge upstairs on Pearl Street. Either place. You cannot go wrong. Check both of them out and uh, tell them we sent you. And thanks to them for being a part of the program and a part of our motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 9th. We we can't uh, can't look forward to it any more than we already do. It's, it's going to be an awesome, awesome, awesome event. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Let's go. Uh, let's go to Tyler. Tyler, listening to the program. How you doing today, man? What's going on, Tyler? Tyler, once, twice, three. Tyler, go. Tyler, go. Uh this one's from Mike. Mike says, uh, "Hey, Bill, have you ever looked back at history and seen some of the baseball teams that are in the state of Wisconsin? There's the Sheboygan Chairmakers." Take a look from 1925. He also says that I believe the Packers should draft Smith and and Jigba. And he says that uh, Smith and Jigba is probably the most talented wide receiver he's seen in a long time. He said you're dead on with your interpretation that he's more like a guy uh, referencing, he says, uh, Jordy Nelson. Uh, Great hands. uh, Anything that's thrown in his direction is catchable. He will come down with it. There you go. Uh, first of all, thanks so much, and I did not know about the Sheboygan chairmakers. I will take a look into that. There's a lot of history. I mean, we we got a lot of Northwoods leagues teams around here now too, that uh, are are fun. And and yes, the other day I did have on the uh, the uh, the Woodchucks. I got a pullover from the Woodchucks. They sent me uh, some time ago. I love that stuff. I wear that everywhere. It's really cool because when you wear it out of state, people ask, "What's that all about?" They don't they don't know. So it draws conversation. I I love that stuff. So to any of those teams listening, (laughs) I'll take it. Love putting it on, uh, love wearing it on the air too. Tyler, welcome back to the program, man. Tyler, what's going on? How you doing?
1: Hey, Bill, how's it going? Doing great. So I was thinking there's only three guys really that I would like to see them draft at 13 or go up to get. And that'd be either Smith and Jigba harris johnson jr or if neither of those two then maybe miles murphy and the reason is because just the drop off at the talent level at those positions from 13 to 42 is just too high like versus like a, a, a lucas van ness i think you can get a similar player and anadike uzoma or adibar out of northwestern so
0: right yeah no that. i would like agree with a,
1: that like Paris i would johnson i go along jr. with it Okay. Like, I don't think no, I, 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 you, Jr. is going to be there. but I would is, be right?
0: shocked if he was there. You know what I mean? I really would. I, I would be shocked if he was still sitting there. But if he is, I do it in a heartbeat. Because you know that you're going to need – you know it. You know you're going to need that That guy. You know you're going to need some of those those upfront dudes eventually. Uh, and anything you can draw via the the depth, you, you're going to – you know you're gonna need because Bakhtiari's most likely this is his last season in Green Bay. So you know you're gonna need tackles. And as much as people want to point the finger and say, well, that Zach Tom's a tackle, it, he's not suited for tackle though. You know, he's he's more he's more suited for for guard. He's 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 a he's, in my opinion, he would be a better guard. So I, I kind of kind of see him in that in that sense, and that's the reason I would probably say, um, I would I would take if a, if a tackle like Paris Johnson Jr. showed up, I'd be grabbing him in a heartbeat, no doubt. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Pack Attack says three quick thoughts, and I'm done with pro basketball. Giannis, give the ball to somebody else when you can't make a basket. Two bad coaching to end the game. Why wasn't Brooke Lopez even on the court? He should have been under the basket. Actually, you should have had probably Giannis guarding the basket and Brooke Lopez guarding the inbounds pass, but that's just me. And he says, two, uh, three, no player is going to want to come to Milwaukee because the officiating is one-sided against the Bucks. It has been for several games, in my opinion. Diehard Packer dude, no time for pro basketball now. There you go. Pack attack, you to me. 877-867-1670. Um, one of the notes says, uh, how does Rodgers uh, reworked contract with the Jets affect the Packers cap in 2024? Uh, there is no Aaron Rodgers money in 2024. They, they, what the, the, the Jets are paying his salary. The salary is gone. The only thing they Packers had left was what was considered to be the, the bonus, the, the dead cap money that they have to pay. The Packers have to pay that. That now comes off the books after this year. So, after this year, they are completely free and clear of any money owed to Aaron Rodgers. That's it. Um, so you got to figure that uh, we were mentioning a little bit earlier that if, say, you uh, do get the $20 million back that you would be owed, uh, that would be owed to David you say you rework Elton Jenkins' contract or, uh, excuse me, Kenny Clark's contract in some way, shape, or form next year, um, Jair's contract's probably going to need to be reworked. Uh, then you're probably sitting with about $75 million in that area. Now you got other guys you got to pay because you're going to have some free agents coming up. But overall, that, that cap of money, that pile of money you're going to have, goes to your current guys that are going to be unrestricted free agents that you may rework this year. And then whatever else is out there on the market, you, may, you could possibly go after. So really, in essence, you went for it last year. You didn't get it. And... In the grand scheme of things, this isn't that bad. In the grand scheme of things, you're going to be out from under salary cap jail in a year. That's that's managing some money right there. That really is. That's managing some money. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Again, 877 uh, 867 This one is from uh, Lewis. Lewis writes, uh, hey, guys, uh, I know the Packers need tight ends, but is there a tight end really worthy of a first-round pick, specifically at 13, or would you trade back, get additional picks, and then pick the tight end up a little bit later on in the first round? That's kind of what you and I talked about, Ben. We'll say a guy like Kincaid or Mayer is sitting there um, later um, you know, is falling and nobody's even grabbing the tight ends, maybe if the Packers don't have a guy specifically that they covet right there at 13, maybe they do move back. Maybe they do say, hey, if we're going to get a tight end and Jig was off the board, some of the other wideouts are off the board that you don't want to take, maybe you do, you know, drop back and either get yourself an offensive tackle or a tight end that would be sitting there that you would need, say, at 17 or 18 or something like that. Maybe they would do that, but I I don't see – them taking a
2: tight end at 13. Do you No, I hope they wouldn't. I've seen a lot of mock drafts have them taking Kincaid, but I also think those mock drafts don't do many trades where they figure, okay, we'll just predict it based on where teams are. A question I would pose is, and I don't have the answer to this, but is it a great tight end class because the players are that good? Or is it a great tight end class because the wide receiver class is not good? Right When you talk about pass catchers, like if you rank the top 10 pass catchers in this draft, I think people say six of them are tight ends, five of them, which normally is not even close to the case. Normally it's one or two. But is it the case that those players are that great? Or is it the case that the receivers just there aren't that many of them? Right. Which is something I like time will tell us. But 13, yeah, out on tight end. Maybe you trade up in the second round if you have to. Or you mm-hmm. take a guy where they are in the second round. They have two picks.
0: Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up. We got a lot more coming up. Uh, stay tuned because uh, we're going to get back into it. We've got Mike Clements coming up in the next hour, so we're about uh, about thirty minutes away from getting Mike on with us, and he's going to join us and take us through the rest of the way. So stay tuned. Whole lot more as we sit here on the uh, the day of. The, the, the day of uh, the uh, 2023 NFL Draft. Don't forget, coming up tonight, 7 to 11, we got all the picks for you right here on the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. The Wisconsin Sports Zone, we're going to be bringing it all to you. And if you don't get it in your area, download the app, WOZN, The Zone Madison, and we'll give you pick-by-pick coverage all night tonight. Uh, on the network is Ben Kenny. I, Mike Clements, going to be live up in Green Bay. We're going to have it all for you coming up here a little bit later on this evening. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Stoley's Hog Alley and uh, Stoles Old One O Nine, Stoley's Hog Alley in Oconomowoc, and Stoles Old One O Nine in Watertown. You know the cool thing is Jeff and Alicia, they uh, they took a week off. They went away. And they just said to their employees, look, this is going to be your week off, too, because we're all going to be cranking during the summer. So, everybody, take a vacation. Go enjoy yourself. We'll see you back here in a week. And now they're all back open again. They're flowing. They're working. they got a big fish fry coming up tomorrow night. Obviously, if you want to go to either place and watch the draft, you can. Great burgers, great pizza, friendly, wonderful staff, and uh, all the TVs, and specifically at Stolys Hog Alley, the new deck that's about to open up. Looking forward to it all. That's Stolly's Hog Alley in Oconomowoc, Dolzo 109 in Water. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. the irish cultural heritage center they just had a big week uh, that went past where they had a lot of music and they always have a lot of good stuff coming up so make sure you check out uh, irish cultural and heritage center uh, right there on wisconsin avenue and if you're looking for a great place to go for say a wedding uh, you want to set up a wedding, uh, maybe a rehearsal dinner, a rehearsal, whatever it happens to be. Uh, you got a meeting or something. Maybe you do. You got a dance group. You can't find a place to practice. Upstairs, they have plenty of things going on at the ICHC. Irish Cultural Heritage Center. To, uh, 2133 West Wisconsin Avenue, downtown Milwaukee. Call my buddy Corey over there, 414 345 8800 for concerts, weddings, meeting space, you name it. and they're a nonprofit. They're not looking to make a ton of money like a lot of other places. They're just looking to survive, and you're doing something good for the community and keeping that business, keeping that building, keeping that cultural heritage center going. 414-345-8800, 414-345-8800. Good stuff there from the ICHC.net. Got some more emails that I wanted to get to, but... uh, the 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 arguments going back and forth over on the live stream always kind of intrigue me to be perfectly honest with you uh, but uh, complicated fellow says the best player in the draft is the running back from Texas if uh, if he's there do the Packers take him I running backs aren't valued the way they used to be uh, I don't think you take a running back in the first round I don't think there's um I don't think that there's that same level of Thought when it comes to running backs anymore like it like it used to be unless of course now you're a dynamic pass catcher out of the backfield and can be utilized in that sense maybe which uh, he is
2: for the record which
0: he is uh, but I don't see like you take the the running back out of Alabama what's his name Gibbs Jameer Gibbs Jameer Gibbs um, he. If he goes in the first round, from everything I've seen, he would then be the uh, Cincinnati would maybe take him late. 30 to Philadelphia? Or to Philadelphia. You are correct. Uh, Because Joe Mixon wasn't that great last season. Uh, He could be uh, released. He could be one of those June 1st salary cap casualties, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon has had a somewhat tumultuous Beginning to his NFL career, and since then, he had some issues down in Cincinnati where I think, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he accused of originally pulling a gun on somebody and people in his yard or something? And then it turned out that it was Nerf guns. And I don't remember the whole story, but it was then they re- recharged him with something else uh, for threats. And I remember his career got started after he punched that girl in a cafeteria prior to being drafted into the NFL, which was caught on video. I mean, just flat out clocking her and knocking her out. It's not like some character issues have not surfaced. And they, they don't usually put up with a lot of that stuff down there and, and that and the fact that he really didn't have a great season last year they could go after gibbs but i i don't think the packers are going to take gibbs at 13 they're not drafting a running back
2: oh well, the bigger question is Bijan robinson that's the guy everybody has as the top three player in the draft if you take away position just true prospect protection right. um not that it's a question for the packers i mean in terms of who takes him high yeah he's gonna go
0: I just don't know how high he's going to go.
2: People Do, in Philly you want know, like, him, like
0: you said, Phil, it would, it, like you said, Philadelphia. If uh, the Migo, maybe they you know prefer to trade or take him or whatever, but Brian Robinson out of Texas is another one, yeah. But I, I you know, I don't know. I don't know if running backs are going to be valued that high. Do you think they go into top ten?
2: Look out for Philly. That's all I'm
0: saying. Okay. All right. Mike Clemens coming up in the next hour. We still got a long way to go on this day in which the Green Bay Packers will make their 2023 first round draft choice at number 13.